Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's Word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. Well, hello, friends. Here we are in the month of November, and if you don't know, it is No Porn November. This is the month where we shine a light on the darkness of the porn industry and really call it out for what it is, death. We did a whole series last year on the porn industry and how it finds your children. So if you haven't listened to those, they are episodes 79, 80, 81, and 82. That last one, 82, is on OnlyFans. We're actually going to be referring to that episode a couple times in this podcast. So you want to pause and go back and listen to those first. They are excellent and can give you a lot of background information. But also note, there is going to be some content that you might not want your little children or younger children to hear. So maybe pause and come back on a time when you are alone. So this year, folks, we are going to be talking about AI-generated porn and actually how some people are starting to call it ethical. Now, I just immediately want to apply what the prophet once said in Isaiah 520, woe to you who call evil good, because ultimately this is exactly what is happening here when humanity tries to just justify the use of pornography by altering how it was created. Pornography is fundamentally evil as it displays a debased and disparaging portrayal of what God created to be private among two people joined in marriage and holy. Anything that so hideously mocks God's creation and created order is evil. So today we're going to tease out the arguments made to justify AI porn as ethical, and we're going to equip you with the knowledge as to why it's not. Essentially, we want to provide you with an apologetic or a proof that you can use to defend why all pornography, even AI porn, is immoral and unethical. And even more than that, in the context of parenting kids who will inevitably be faced with the moral decisions whether or not to view pornography, we want to equip you to have conversations with your children and, of course, limit their access to the internet because that's where they will find this all. Yeah, before we talk specifically about AI porn being, quote, ethical, and pretty much every time I say ethical from here on out, you can just assume I'm using air quotes because I actually am using them as I speak. <laughs> so let's define what ethical porn is according to society. Ethical porn is basically defined as pornography that honors sex workers in the creative process. And that is explained by paying them appropriately, providing safe work conditions, and extending them creative licenses. Ethical porn is also defined as content that expresses diversity and equity in body image, ethnicity, and sexuality. And some would even add it's pornography that tells a more compelling story, stories that are real and relatable, not just generated for views or profit. Thus, part of what makes it ethical is the sort of quote, there is something for everyone here that won't make you feel terrible mentality. Now, what exactly is AI-generated porn and how is that different from traditional porn? Well, let's start with the artificial intelligence piece. AI is the use of computer model learning system to generate some type of output, whether that be Google Maps using AI to provide immersive maps and help users explore their surroundings, or even ChatGPT using AI to provide you a beautifully written letter of recommendation for that summer intern you barely knew but who asked you for a letter. Maybe that was for a friend. 
All right. So now in AI, the computer does need input to learn from, but similar to humans, it learns from models and oftentimes from the breadth of information on the internet. The difference is what it takes a human, say 12 years to learn in school, the computer learns in a fraction of the time. Then it generates its output based on what it has learned. So let's use the example of Google Maps again. Google Maps learns from the internet and the app usage in order to generate output in the forms of restaurant suggestions near you, right? It categorizes them by type of food. And then it also gives you the precise times that they are the busiest, even how long the average person spends at such restaurant. All of that is generated by artificial intelligence. Okay, so then the next question is, how does AI generate pornography? One way is through what are called deep fakes or deep fake porn. Deep fakes are digitally altered images that are generally used to replace one person's likeness convincingly with that of another. It uses AI to create new images, most often for malicious intent. I'm going to give you the worst case scenario as an example because I really want parents to recognize the danger of what this technology could do. So for example, a pedophile comes across your Instagram page where you have a stream of pictures of your precious five-year-old daughter from birth up to present day. The pedophile steals 30 to 40 of your best pictures and then pays a service to generate those deep fakes. Using your daughter's facial features, sexually explicit pictures and videos are then created and sold or distributed to other pedophiles through private online servers. I know that this is absolutely horrific to even consider, but it actually does happen. This is why we implore you not to post pictures of your children on social media sites, but we'll talk about that more a little bit later. A major area of concern with deep fakes is the unconsenting nature of both parties, which typically women are involved. The first woman's face, or in some cases a child's face, is being used, and the second woman is the sex worker whose body is being used. All of this is without consent, folks. Therefore, we can immediately disqualify deep fakes from being quote-unquote ethical. Sure, it's AI-generated, but because this content is almost entirely non-consensual, it is the absolute furthest thing from being ethical. Yeah, let me interject, Chelsea, because I actually just read an article uh, by Wired Magazine, and it was titled, Deep Fake Porn is Out of Control. And in that article, they say, New research shows the number of deep fake videos is skyrocketing, and the world's biggest search engines are funneling clicks to dozens of sites dedicated to the non-consensual fakes. Google's and Microsoft's search engine have a problem with deep fake porn videos, end quote. So it almost seems that the industry wants to almost say, hey, look over here at our AI porn and not the deep fakes, because like you said, it is the farthest thing from ethical, right? So that brings us to the other type of AI pornography, and that is the pornography that is created solely by prompts. So think about maybe you've seen an AI art or picture generating app or website. They've become pretty popular. One, for example, when you like upload your picture, it'll show you your best self in the 90s. And so these are apps like Reface, FaceSwap AI Yearbook, PhotoLab AI Yearbook, which I think both of those have been in the top 100 in the iOS apps. And these apps, the prompt 
is the picture you sort of upload. But there are also apps and websites that you, that allow you to generate your own art or picture based solely on the prompt you give it. So for example, I say, Halloween skeletons wearing swim trunks and floaties jumping in a swimming pool in the style of Van Gogh. I will get a picture as close to that as the computer can, can possibly get. And sometimes these prompts can be pretty humorous to see the results of it. Well, likewise, computer learning models trained in explicit content would be able to generate images. For example, some evil, disgusting person who types in a prompt, naked child eating a popsicle, right? This is the, the terribleness that can be created through these AI explicit prompts. Now, many years ago, this type of art was just sort of a dream or a hope for creeps. Only a few years ago, however, that dream started to become a reality, even when it was sort of considered a joke as it rarely produced humans in anatomically complete form, right? Sort of these people were in the uncanny valley, as they say, um, generated these sex workers who had extra limbs and their faces all sort of distorted. Now, however, artificial intelligence has continued to advance. So, of course, so does the AI porn industry. So while it seems the time for fully generated AI porn videos has yet to arrive, images are advancing significantly. And so realistic videos will be here before we know it. Okay, with those definitions fully hashed out, this brings us to the biggest argument made for justifying AI-generated pornography as ethical. And that claim is this. Since these are AI-generated bodies, there are no human beings complicitly engaging in or being forced to perform sex acts. Those in favor of ethical porn believe that it's exploitation-free. Now, now, I think I should elaborate on what they mean by, quote, exploitation-free. So if you don't already know, much of the porn content that can be found online, especially the free stuff, is created in horrifically inhumane and unethical circumstances. From forcing unconsenting girls and women through trafficking or drug use to the dehumanizing violence within the porn, such as slapping, punching, choking, among many other disgusting acts. Hence, the exploitation and unethical nature of the traditional online porn industry. This argument for ethical porn also aims to expose the exploitation of the sex workers' deserved compensation, which they claim they're often denied. This is one reason why, if you remember in our episode of OnlyFans last year, many people jumped onto platforms like OnlyFans because they could receive direct compensation from the consumer and they didn't have to go through a middleman or a porn producer. Well, all this to say, everyone from the actors to the producers to the consumer, they all know that exploitation in the porn industry is very real and very unethical. So again, the AI as porn ethical argument goes, if the porn content doesn't actually use human actors, but uses computer generated actors, who will almost be indistinguishable from actual humans, folks? Well, then no, no human is being exploited, coerced or violated or trafficked or paid, we can't forget that, right, in order for the content to be created. So then, Kel, it must all be good, mm, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let me just add here that the reason why we're highlighting this so specifically, it's essential to understand their justification for ethics here. 
because the argument regarding the exploitation of others has long been made for why porn is wrong and unethical. This is what court decisions have been made on, especially regarding children-based sex abuse material. So this is precisely why proponents of AI pornography are calling this ethical because it doesn't involve humans. The children in AI porn images, well, they're not real, right? So do you see how that the long-standing human rights argument is so quickly torn down by AI now? This is why the ethics of AI as a whole, but especially AI porn, is front and center right now. And a lot of people are actually calling it a win for society. Yeah, I thought it was really odd that in when in, our, in the middle of our research, we're like going through all of this stuff. And in Women's Health Magazine, Women's Health Magazine, a magazine for women, folks, that is all about the empowerment of women. They have an article titled, What is Ethical Porn? Sex experts explain how to spot it online and where to watch this new NSFW content. And NSFW, if you don't know, is not safe for work content. And do you know what they call it? They call it a win-win. Now, as we begin our defense, we absolutely have to ask the question, who is this a win for? Is it a win for the company creating the AI porn and making money from it and selling it? Sure, you could argue that that's a win for them. It's sort of like capitalism, but let's compare them to the organization mass producing fentanyl in the form of candy or lacing other products with fentanyl and then distributing it across America. They're making money too, but are they ethical? I mean, at the end of the day, both of these companies or organizations are providing a service and a substance known to be addictive to desperate people who need to have their pleasures met. And how exactly is the consumer winning? by having their sexual lust satiated? See, this is the lie that ensnares millions, but this is never a win according to God's word. And frankly, even those who are enslaved to pornography would probably tell you it's no longer the win that they want in life. But nonetheless, scripture has a lot to say about sexual behavior outside the scope of God's created order. He calls it offensive, destructive, immoral, and idolatrous. It is an absolute lie from Satan that you deserve or need sexual gratification. And if you can get it ethically, well, then you win. No, absolutely not. Paul doesn't say, only flee from unethical sexual immorality. No, he says, flee sexual immorality, all of it. Don't split hairs, you flee. Why? Because God created sex and sexuality, and he alone gets to define it. He alone gets to determine its parameters, and he has clearly stated his case that it is between a man and a woman in marriage. It's too powerful outside of that. That's right. Yeah. The truth is that all pornography, regardless how it is created, the truth is that it hurts humanity. Regardless of how it was created, it hurts the consumer. A person watching pornography isn't consciously interpreting the image. Who? was either created by God in his image, right, if it's a human, or was created by a computer based on the image of God's creation. That consumer is not interpreting the image as anything other than a means to satisfy sexual desire. And the consumer still isn't immune to the devastating impact that viewing pornography can have on their brain in the sense of addiction, tolerance, and inhibition control, and their heart and how they engage in interpersonal relationships. Basically stated, 
Porn is not neutral, not in any form, no matter how it is created. Numerous studies have shown that it causes neurological changes regardless of age, but even more so when the consumer is young and their brain is developing. The most notable of the changes is the damage to the prefrontal cortex of the brain where inhibitory controls are located. This is what you would call the like breaking system, the part of your brain that tells you no, you shouldn't do that. The National Center on Sexual Exploitation, the NCOSE, they describe it precisely this way. The area of the brain that would normally say no to material like slapping, choking, torture, child sex abuse material, etc., begins to no longer function properly. Concerning pornography use, there are two important neurobiological factors at play, tolerance and impaired inhibitory control. These two ingredients constitute a perfect recipe for escalation from any kind of pornography, including this so-called ethical pornography, to pornography with all kinds of harmful themes like incest, violence, torture, and again, the use of child sex abuse materials. So then as AI continues to advance and the explicit pictures and the videos it creates become more and more realistic, there is zero evidence that these findings are ever going to change. Viewing sexually explicit content for the sake of sexual gratification, it alters the brain regardless of whether the content contains drugged up women who have been trafficked or computer generated women. If they're engaging in the same acts, the results on the brain will be the same. Most likely, the woman was already being viewed as an object for gratification. That likely won't change once she's computer generated. Once an object, always an object. That is why viewing porn is so harmful, because this is the objectification that overflows into real life. An excellent case in point right now is the popularity of henti. This is a form of Japanese anime pornography. Now, the word henti comes from a much longer Japanese word called henti seyoku, and I'm so sorry if I am botching that up, but this is what it literally means, perverse sexual desire. It is not abnormal for there to be mashups of human and animal bodies, demons, disturbing fetishes, children, and even incest. In fact, in 2019, Pornhub reported that it was the second most searched for term. But it's just cartoons, right? It can't hurt anyone. No, listen to this quick comment from Fight the New Drug on henti porn. Quote, Even though cartoons are not real bodies, many themes found in henti porn normalize violence against women and girls and normalize the sexualization of children. Even though this content is animated, henti makes sexual violence a form of entertainment. Rape and coercion are abundant in henti porn, as are many other forms of degrading and demeaning sexual abuse, frequently toward children. Animated or not, it is, is it ever healthy to watch something for entertainment that eroticizes and normalizes these things? End quote. Listen, if you're watching cartoon porn, the prefrontal cortex of the brain is still going to be bombarded. Tolerance to different kinds of abuses will still be dulled. Apathy will still prevail, empathy will decrease, and the area of the brain in charge of inhibition control will absolutely be weakened. The user is still capable of desiring to choke, kick, bite, and torture actual humans, even if these are cartoon or AI generated. This is so disturbing. I'm glad you brought that up, though. 
So there really begins an inability. This is what the, the cartoon aspect or any animated or AI generated content really brings up is that we can no longer distinguish between real and not real. We already see this with the content driven life on social media. And a lot of this overflows because porn overflows onto social media, right? Deep fakes, fake news, influencers, and sex workers. Can anyone really even tell the difference anymore? But when it comes to internet pornography, the results are devastating. Porn consumers harden their hearts and their damaged prefrontal cortex, it doesn't allow them to distinguish or discern evil anymore. And this is precisely what Romans 1, 18 through 32. Honestly, I know I say this every time. I feel like Romans 1, 18 through 32 just explains all of the brokenness in our world today, but especially this. And so I'm going to quote it yet again, a few select verses to really drive this point home. Romans 1, 21 starts with, for even though they knew God, and everybody knows God, just so that we all are clear, we all have a recollection and a knowledge that God exists and created us. They do not honor him as God or give him thanks, but they become futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man. Let me pause. Did you hear that, listener? The fools exchanged the glory of God for an image of a human. Honestly, No one can say God's word is antiquated. It speaks directly to what is happening here in the 21st century. All right, so let me continue. Therefore, God gave them over in their lusts of their heart to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. Verse 25, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. And finally, verse 28, And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. This depraved mind Paul speaks about here in Romans is really, I think, the mind that can no longer distinguish evil from good, no longer recognize what is reality and what is fantasy and no longer really see humans as anything other than an object. And Paul says at the beginning of this passage in verse 18, that because of all of this sort of behavior and all this denial of God, which we can definitely see as we look around our world, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven because of these things. Well, I don't know about you, but I do not desire the wrath of God on my life. Amen. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm really just reflecting on what you just said, professing to be wise, they became fools. Hey, it's exploitation free. You know, that sounds really wise, right? We've we've cleaned it up. We've slapped some lipstick on a pig and called it a model and we are good to go. But you know what, Kelly, this really reminds me of some of the pieces that we shared last year, especially in the OnlyFans piece. It was a testimony of a young woman who she was underage at the time, but she was performing as a porn actress. And she said, even though her screams on the set were absolutely real because of the pain and the torture she endured, not a single adult around her stopped to help her. They could no longer care to help or even realize that it was a true scream. This is what foolish and hardened hearts looks like. This is what futile speculations result in. 
they've been given over to the lusts of their heart and their bodies are dishonored and they are doing things that are improper. But these effects on the mind and the body, they don't occur in a vacuum. Many users of pornography struggle with a compulsive need to consume pornography so powerful that it disrupts and destroys their professional and their family lives. When a parent is consuming, or in this case, over-consuming porn, this will overflow into the rest of the household. Sin does not stay contained. The consumed parent will be unavailable and irritable with their children and their spouse. Remember, there's a loss of inhibitory controls. That's not going to stay relegated to what, they, what pleases them sexually. That is going to bleed over into the rest of their life. And eventually that marriage relationship will suffer, leading the children to suffer. And frankly, friends, we all know what concessions are made when there's this kind of turmoil going on in a household. Screen time. Kids are given devices to pacify and entertain them so that they can zone out of the drama and not feel that absentee parenting. And when you give a kid an iPad with internet access, the chances of them coming across pornography is absurdly high. Are you tracking with me here? Can you, can you follow this trajectory? This is tragic. It's everywhere. It surrounds us every single day. I think perhaps this is the scariest place to look is that our young Gen Z adults who sadly, they were the first generation to grow up with internet porn. They struggle with ambition. They lack authentic relationships outside of video games. They're lonely. They're depressed. They're hopeless. We just covered a Worldview Wednesday on this. And according to the surveys, they are not having any sex because they are self-satisfied with pornography. Listen to this from Fight the New Drug again. Quote, the nature of porn itself is isolating. The only intimacy that porn offers is sexual stimulation. Real connection and intimacy are found with others, whether it's through family, friends, or romantic interests, and are about what you give, not just about what you get. It is other-centered, not self-centered, end quote. There are grave consequences for the porn consumer, consequences to their brain that translate into their behavior, oftentimes unethical and immoral behavior. There are consequences to their relationships, which overflow into broken homes or loneliness and hopelessness if they never marry and they never have children. And all of this, when compounded by the millions of people viewing internet pornography, it harms society as a whole because it promotes sexual violence. It objectifies humans and it far removes God's created order and his parameters for sex, which were always intended to be good. That's right. So let's, having gone through that, that's just excellent. So we can see how it affects the brain. We can see how it affects the heart and how it affects society. Let us return now to the original argument for why they're saying AI porn is ethical. Since they are AI generated bodies and not human bodies, complicitly engaging in or being forced to perform sexual acts, this is ethical. Listen, as Christians, we can affirm any move toward honoring the humanity and dignity of a person made in the image of God. However, this argument isn't why AI-generated pornography remains not only immoral, but unethical. Pornography is and always will be unethical. It is and always will be against God's created order for sex and human flourishing. It harms its users, and it has a lasting and devastating consequence on individuals, families, and societies. But to drive this point home, 
let's just consider the absolute best case scenario ever for AI-generated pornography. So let's say that this is generated and printed in a magazine, and that magazine is then sealed in plastic, and it's brought to a store that has to keep it behind the counter, and so it's like purchased like cigarettes are behind the counter, and you have to show a valid ID proving that you are over the age of 21, right? So, right, there's no internet here. There, You have to pay for it, so it's not free, much less chance that it's going to accidentally land in the hands of children, okay? So would AI pornography be ethical if distributed this way? No, right? No, it wouldn't, because it is still pornographic images that will still cause the same devastating consequences on the person who's consuming it. Taking it off the screen and putting it on paper and charging for it does not make the image any less of a source of selfish sexual satisfaction that hurts them. Now, albeit, if given the option, I do like this idea better than internet pornography, but let's just be real. Internet pornography is so pervasive, it's not going to change. Sadly, as much as I hate to say it, internet pornography is here to stay. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. And I would I would encourage our listeners to just do a little bit of a little history search on how um, influential the pornography industry has been on media. They're almost running the show sometimes, I think. But yeah, having said that, I just kind of want to mention something that I read in my research for this podcast. It was from an article by Fast Company titled, AI Porn is Colliding with Human Sexuality and Raising Some Ethical Red Flags. It talks about a viral tweet that showed an AI-generated image of a woman in a bikini in order to prove the point that AI porn will take over. Interestingly, an OnlyFans, I don't know, a model, a sex worker, I'm I'm not really sure what to call her, but this is what she tweeted in response, quote, Anyone who thinks AI-generated images of hot naked women is going to ruin the OnlyFans economy for real-life women has a fundamental misunderstanding of what OnlyFans is. She continues to say, They subscribe to my OnlyFans because they want to see me naked specifically based on a parasocial connection formed by following me on the other social media platforms. End quote. Ooh. Yeah, I read this and I... She brings up a good point, right? So people subscribe to sex workers on platforms like OnlyFans because it gives them the illusion or, I don't know, perhaps you could call it even a hope that they have an actual relationship with this person, right? Unlike a a video you might just pull up um, on the internet, on Pornhub or something like that, you don't have any connection with that person. But we're all, you know, as created by God, we all are wired to be in relationships. So of course, we're going to be seeking out these relationships. So for some, I think they delusionally think that a parasocial relationship like this is actually the best option. And I guess if you think about it, it is, like I said, more relational than just watching videos. Now, the OnlyFans sex worker model, whatever you want to call her, and the AI sex worker which we're almost there, right? There are now apps for AI girlfriends. So I suppose there will be AI sex workers in the future. Well, both of them for enough money could easily create personalized videos. Maybe for example, using that subscriber's name and talking to them as if they were in a real relationship, right? That isn't hard for either the human or the AI to do. The point that the OnlyFans worker brings up is that Her subscribers feel like they know her more 
because they follow her daily life on Instagram or TikTok or wherever. And so it's that relationship that she feels because they follow her and know more about her that's going to sustain OnlyFans as AI pornography grows. Kel, this makes me think of, um, have you heard the name Mila Sophia? I don't think so. I wonder if any of our listeners have. Okay. Mila Sophia is an AI-generated influencer. And this she character, I don't even know. It's so weird to call it a she. I don't know what I'm doing here, folks, with this terminology. But this she character has just tricked men all over the internet into believing that she or it or the character is real. Even though her profile clearly says that she's an AI-generated influencer. But these men, they don't even read the fine print, or in this case, the profile. They just see her picture, they assume she's real, and in some case, they propose marriage. On TikTok alone, this character has over 100,000 followers, and the comments under the character's pictures or the videos are filled with like heart eye emojis or answers to the character's questions. But People are genuinely engaging with this AI-generated influencer as if she were real. Imagine, they cannot distinguish between real and not real. Sounds like something I just said. It really does. (laughs) Kind of creepy. Yeah. But on that note, (laughs) since we're still talking about AI-generated characters, there's a TikTok influencer who goes by the name Marjorie. Now, Marjorie created a character called Karen AI, who Marjorie calls and, quote, extension of my consciousness, end quote. And for a dollar a minute, Karen AI will be anyone's virtual girlfriend to cure loneliness. And probably to no one's shock, this has become highly profitable for Marjorie. But again, men are treating this AI character as if she were real. They are paying for the opportunity to control and dominate the opposite gender because surely Karen AI isn't going to say no, right? This character is the fantasy. So I don't know. I don't think that we can completely rule out all the possibilities of an AI-generated version of OnlyFans, but it definitely could happen. If we already have an AI influencer and we are well on the way to AI porn, (laughs) who's to say the depravity of our fall from God's created order wouldn't manifest itself in AI OnlyFans? Y'all, this is why... It is essential that we understand this counter argument because we as Christians, we must, we must take this, this ethic of pornography and share it with, we need to understand it ourselves and share it with our children and with our friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because this is one of those, like, it kind of takes you off guard because you're like, wait a second. Okay. If no one's being exploited, then maybe it is okay. Yeah. I had to think deeply about it. I had to remind myself why this wasn't un- as we were writing this, you know, preparing the argument. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if and when these conversations arise, I, man, I implore you bravely and boldly to argue that pornography, even AI pornography is, is inherently evil. And this is the message that we've got to be telling our kids. They have to know why and how it's harmful to consume. Younger and younger ages are consuming pornography right now. I think the young, we're at, 11 at 11 years old that's the youngest ages in america but you know what? average that's That's the average i know that's the crazy part and it has to be that low because there are kids even younger than that that are being exposed to it but i will refer you back to the recommendations we made last year i don't really know of anything better that's come out this year um and 
This is the video that we referred to last year. It's called Brain Heart World by Fight the New Drug. This is generally appropriate for ages 10 and up, but I, I would obviously watch it first to ensure that your child could understand and handle the comment. But friends, we have got to start talking to our kids because you know what? Their peers, I guarantee you are going to get there or could get there before you. The time is now, like if not yesterday, <laughs> like we have got to start talking to our kids about this. So watch the movie, pause, talk about it together. The video will make it so much easier to enter into those hard conversations. Also, just be sure that both parents are present if that's possible. Sons really need to know that their fathers are in agreement with everything that they're being taught, and daughters need to know that their moms are not going to stand for a world of objectification. And of course, use this as a springboard to explain why you have screen time and the media boundaries that you have for them, but also explain why you have screen time you know, boundaries and, and everything, because this is a temptation that is common for every single person under the sun. Sex is way too powerful. It tempts every single one of us. I think that's a big, it's an important point to make in front of your kids because they're not hearing that. Kids aren't no. hearing that from parents. They only hear that it's a big deal from their peers and they're hearing the big deal is a very different big deal <laughs> than how we would explain that big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so some points that I would emphasize with your kids are this. One, they cannot have free reign access to the internet because there is so much unethical and immoral content that can find them. Two, they cannot use devices in private places like bedrooms and bathrooms because openness and accountability is the best prevention for avoiding the harms of pornographic content. Kelly, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, what was that? It was nine seconds that it took a child to find porn in one of our episodes that we did last year. Yeah, that sounds about right. It was like a quick trip to the bathroom. Like that's, that's how what we quickly had, you. Yeah, <laughs> that's how, how quickly that, you can find it. That was the example that we gave. Yeah, like literally, if mm -hmm. you brought it into the bathroom just to go quickly, you could find it that fast. Yeah. Point number three: AI is a great advancement in the tech world, but it must be used with great care. Everyone, including kids, must think about more than just the convenience that AI offers. You have to deeply consider the ethical and the immoral or moral implications of what it produces. And point number four, most importantly, God created sex to be between one man and one woman in the context of marriage. He never intended it to be filmed or watched by others. It is a sin where everyone loses. Our culture is obsessed with sex and wrongly feels that children should also be obsessed with sex. This is not true, and children must be wise to remain separated from the world, aiming to be holy as God is holy. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great points. Now, I want to, I'm going to do the hard work here. I'm going to implore you parents once again. We have talked about this many times on the podcast, and perhaps you've already heeded this advice, but I need you to share it and share the importance of this with your friends. Social media is not the place to share pictures of your children. I'm gonna say it again. You should not be sharing pictures of your children on social media. And I know, I know what you're thinking. Well, where on earth would I share them? How am I gonna show the world, you know, what my kids are doing and the success that they have or my family pictures or whatever? Text them, y'all. Text them to the people who know and deeply care about you and your children. The world 
doesn't need to know. We have essentially created this world of voyeurism, peering into others' lives and silently, but sometimes not silently, judging others for being better or worse than us. Y'all, this is a sin. This is not only is it not healthy for us, it's not healthy for others. Just like the porn industry, it hurts society. Social media creates division and divisiveness. It provides inauthentic ways of connection that leaves us feeling empty. And moreover, social media platforms and big tech companies, they don't care about you. They don't care about your privacy and they don't care about your children, except that they want to hook them. They don't care if their platform exposes your children to pornographic images or if the pictures that you post so that everybody can see how great your kids are, if they're stolen by pedophiles. Go back and listen to episode uh, where we talked about this and Pinterest and pedophiles and all that, they, all that stuff. It's episode 99. I know that this is a hard ask. I am asking people to completely change <laughs> their life and sharing and picture taking and all of that. But I truly believe that as faithful Christians who submit to the authority of Jesus Christ, we are called to be different. We are called to be holy. And we are charged with raising our kids to be disciples who know, love, and serve, and obey Christ. That is a big task. And the time and energy it takes to post pictures and reply to comments is simply not a holy use of the time that God has given us, especially considering the risks associated with it. And not just neutral risks. These are grave risks to their privacy if their pictures are stolen, grave risks to their brain and their heart if they themselves get caught up in the world of social media and online pornography. Please pray for God to give you wisdom and discernment in this area. If you love social media, even though deep down you know it's bad and you really probably shouldn't be on it, please pray to God and ask him. Ask the Lord to take that love and desire away. Don't fall into the Romans 1, 18 through 32 pattern, where even though you know God, you don't acknowledge him as holy and worthy of praise, and then God gives you over to the lust of your heart. I actually sadly think that that's what's happened to a lot of us. And finally, if you're still listening, I hope that you are. Um, I really um, want to tell you about a service that can help you and your family in this whole entire area. We've just been researching this and we actually really love it. It seems to be a really great answer to a need that has been present for a long time. And it is an AI service that actually serves to protect kids from explicit images on the internet. And it's called Canopy. You can find them at canopy.us. And it is a mobile device management service that uses AI to filter out images on anything from a Google search to a YouTube search to all of the social medias and to the pictures that are taken on your child's phone, even sent through text messages. It is going to use AI, like we said, it can be used for really great things to filter these out so that instead of seeing, say you search for a beach, maybe you know you looked for um, Cancun or something fun, you're looking for a vacation spot and girls with bikinis might naturally pull up from that search. Well, they're going to be blacked out. You're not even going to, it's not going to be blurred out 
you're just not going to see that picture at all. This is a great use of artificial intelligence. We don't have an affiliation with them right now. We just really think it's a great service and can be really beneficial to you guys out there trying to navigate this very hard job of protecting your kids from the harms of pornography. I think at the end of the day, Kelly and I just want to remind you guys that we've done it wrong in the past and our passion does not come from a place of judgment, but from a place of deep, deep conviction where we overshared our kids, we counted on the likes, we counted on the comments for validation in our parenting or maybe even in the goodness of our children. And we've seen social media replace God in our lives. And we don't want that for our listeners. We love you guys way too much. We pray for you guys consistently and constantly. And we think and um, and research this stuff very, very deeply because we love you. So all of this passion comes from a place of love. It really does. It's true. What you said, we both fell prey into the, the world of blogging and posting um, early on. And what the Lord has shown us, we are just trying to convey to you. So again, we do say it in love. And I pray that this information has just been super beneficial to you. I pray that you feel empowered to go forward, uh, maybe with family or friends, your small group. You just never know who actually is not thought deeply enough about it. But now that you have this information, you can convey this. It's not about just the ethics of um, exploitation. It is about what it does to the consumer and that it is harmful. So we, again, pray that it blesses you. Pray that the Lord would use this message in your life to glorify him and edify the body. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. We're not going to be talking about porn all month of November. So we're thankful for that. (laughs) All right, y'all. Until next week, though, go and be brave. Be brave.